Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Boys podcast. I'm Matt Bork. You're watching and listening to the Liberty's number one podcast. Yup, the Liberty's. Yup, the flats. What's the crack? Welcome back. Well, I'm so, so grateful for all the feedback I got about the last episode of the podcast. Me sitting here waffling away, doing a solo interview. I'm blown away by, you know, the comments that I got, uh, the feedback, you know, reaction from friends and family, the shares. It was brilliant, you know. Um, and it's great to hear that people are, are getting something from it. And it really inspires me because it's all about you guys. It's all about the listeners, my followers. It's not about me. Honestly, I'm doing my work and I hope you're doing yours. And through my story, because I love to tell stories, I love to talk, uh, that you can be inspired and go off and make changes in your life that will serve you well. So it's absolutely fantastic. This episode is going to be another solo episode of me having the chats it'll be under 30 minutes and uh, i'm gonna keep them really short um so look i'll start this episode like i did the last episode and i'll ask you to reflect by me asking you a question so here's the question do you like your own company are you okay with your own thoughts are you okay in silence are you okay with your mind not being busy or do you use substances or do you use behaviours or habits to avoid that? So the name of this episode is Facing the Darkness, you know, and that's what this is all about. When we take away the substances, the behaviours, uh, the foods, the habits to keep us away from being alone with ourselves or alone with our own thoughts, we're facing into a dark now, I don't mean darkness as a trauma and a hoard, but into an emptiness, a void. Thoughts, feelings, emotions may come up that we may not want to be with. And for me, that's called facing into the dark. That's going into a cave that we've not been before. And here, this is what I think. These are my thoughts. The caves and the rooms that we fear to go in have the greatest treasure. Bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Ba, 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 ba. How do you like them apples? Right, this is all about you. Remember, I'm not here to give you the answers. I'm not here to tell you how to do it. This is an inspirational podcast. This is not a how to do podcast. This is me asking you questions, asking you to reflect, telling a story, and hopefully through that story, through the, the stories of other people, you can be inspired to make changes in your life in areas that may not be serving you well. That's my mission. Stories that have the power to inspire. So before I get into the episode, I want to give a shout out to my main sponsor, Noel Riley from Rooney Media Graphics. For all your graphic design needs, anything artistic about this podcast, this podcast wouldn't be in the place that it's in today without the influence of Noel Riley and Rooney Media Graphics. He's my pal, he's my mentor, he's my mate forever and a day. But he has such an impact on all the work that I do with this podcast. The colour choices, the, the recommendations, the professionalism. That's all his. This would not be in the shape it is today. He's had to keep me on track. He's given me sound and honest and professional advice all the way through. Not just because he's me. Because that's just what Rooney Media Graphic does. I have a, a book called My Head to My Heart. Noel produced this and his team. All the illustrations, all the work went into it, uh, you know, guiding me through that process really, really smoothly. No hassle at all. Again, not because he's me mate, because he's ultra professional. I'm away with the board sometimes. I meander and go left or right, but I get the work done. 
I get it over the line. He's the same, but he just walks slightly different. He's on the ball, very meticulous, very professional. Rooney Media Graphics, absolutely brilliant, brilliant company. And I'm not just saying that because he's my mate. We are in the process of reprinting this. And this was an episode, or this was a, a version we done with TSB. They sponsored us. They got their, their logo on the front, on the inside, and they gave them out to staff uh, as gifts. And I also done a talk there. I've done a few talks with TSB now. So if that's something that your company or school or college would like to do, would like to sponsor us or collaborate with us on get one of these produced for your company or your college or school please let me know we're open to collaborations with people and partnerships um so yeah that's that uh, so thanks very much to noel royley and Rooney media graphics so back to the episode of this podcast so i've got to ask the question right i love getting questions because it really then makes me as i say reflect upon my own practice reflect upon my own learnings and path you know here was the question how did i become accepting of me there was another kind of question i was like i didn't really understand what what he meant by and it's like can you explain it again he was like look how did you become accepting of you i drink i take drugs i find it difficult to be on my own and be with my own company and i thought it was a man a lad that i know and i thought it was a phenomenal question because i love it one because he's a man and I'm a man, and he's revealing a vulnerability to another man. And that is really, really hard to do. And I'll talk about that also in a few minutes too. So I was really delighted and felt privileged and grateful that another man could tell me about a perceived weakness that he may think he has. But I thought it was brilliant, and I thought it was a, a show of strength. So this is, this is what I say, and this is what I said to this lad. Is, I didn't know that I couldn't be with myself or, or was okay with my own company because I went through life unconscious, I drank and I took drugs and I didn't know, I never I never left that space. I didn't know what it was like to not be with myself. I just drank and I took drugs and I had negative behavior, toxic behavior and sleeping around, chaos in my mind. I knew no different, I knew no different. But it was only till 2000 and 12 that i realized there was a problem and if you read my book or you've listened to stuff that i've done before i wanted to take my life by suicide i wanted to end it all and my pal toyd luby says you don't want to die you just want the pain to stop and we were on a boat going to england you've probably heard the story and i wanted to jump in and he was like you just want the pain to stop but also you don't like the cold and if you jump in there the chances are you won't die and you'll be freezing for a while and you don't like the cold. So it's like, nah, that's not fucking happening. Not a chance. I laugh about it now, but I did smile then and it did. It changed my life. But what that point, that pivot point there was, I knew that there was a problem and I had to start finding out what the problem was. And that required me to go inside. That remind, it, it pointed the arrow in that there's a problem going on, that I was struggling with anxiety, worries, fear, shame, guilt, pain, self-doubt, self-sabotage, eating behavior, there was a umpteen list that I had difficulties with, and I had to go and start doing the work, I had to turn in, as my pal Jeff Thompson, my mentor Jeff Thompson said, stop working out and start working in, and that's what I did, that was a, that was a flag, a red flag to say that there's something going on, 
And I've only talked, I've talked before, you know, awareness is the greatest agent for change. I now became aware that there was work needed to be done. And I turned in and I started doing counselling. I linked in with my counsellor in 2012. I start doing the work, start revealing why I was feeling anxious, why I was drinking and taking drugs, really getting to know and understanding myself. You know, all the stuff that happened in my childhood, all the stuff that happened in my teenage years, all the mistakes I made, all the all the hurt that I caused people, looking at what was the driver behind it all. But all the while, I'm peeling back layers and layers and layers and layers of myself to really reveal who I am, what I was all about, why I did what I did, what was the driver, what? Because before I, I, I was blind, I was ignorant to it all. I didn't know why I was doing, why I was acting, why I was hurting all, the, all these people, why I was hurting my family, why I was hurting my friends, why I was lying and cheating and stealing and doing all these for me, for me, all these immoral things. You know, why was that about? I knew they were wrong and bad and all that, but I'd, I'd, I'd rationalise them with certain words and language and blah, blah, blah. But at a level I knew, because I used to be in my house here struggling when I wasn't drinking or taking drugs, coming down off stuff. I'd be riddled with guilt, anxiety, shame, fear. But I just kept topping it up with drink, topping it up with more drugs, sniffing and, and texting girls and riding around and... Doing all sorts to avoid. But it was at a subconscious level. I didn't know I was doing that. And it was only when I started doing the work with Maggie. And turning in. That I realised what was the driver. It was all the pain, the hurt and shame. And stuff that happened in my childhood. My sexual abuse. Uh, the violence. All the things that were said to me as a kid. That made me feel. Well they happened. And I felt you know, unworthy, unlovable, not loved, and uh, dirty. You know, some terrible things were said to me as a kid. Some terrible things happened. And I'm not blamed. Just I understand now what shaped my path, shaped me, what tore me into taking drugs at the age of 12 and 13 and drinking and and how it all snowballed. So I understood me. So I, now I understood why I was avoiding all that. Because I was easing off on the drink and easing off on the drugs. And for a, for a man, for a man uh, to start delving in, inside, to talk about his weaknesses, his vulnerability, was incredibly, incredibly hard and incredibly painful. Like even that in itself I had great shame about that. I'm a man and I'm anxious because I was told growing up that men don't cry, men are weak, men are strong, only girls cry and girls are weak and shut up and get on with a type of attitude. So the fact that I was sitting and talking about my feelings and emotions and my, my vulnerabilities was really hard and it was crippling in itself. But I knew, not in my intellectual mind, in my heart of hearts that this was the path, this was where I... I needed you. The hardest path brings the hardest or the biggest rewards. And I just, it just felt like the thing to do. And people have told me before, like, you know, you don't have to keep going to all the counts all the time. And do you not think you've enough done? But my heart was telling me, no, to keep going, to keep going. And look, I was asked this question. Um, oh, actually, this same person said to me, and they thanked me. 
and they were struggling asking the question because it's another man. And as I said earlier, a man revealing vulnerability to another man is really difficult, right? And I was having a conversation with someone in the gym, a pal of mine, Shreen, in the gym about men and feelings and all, right? It's really, really hard for men to talk about vulnerabilities, okay? Now, I'm not... I'm not talking about the gender movement and all this kind of thing. I'm only talking from a man's point of view because I'm not a woman. I don't know what it's like to be a woman. And I can only talk from my viewpoint as a man and from from my cognitive rehab therapy training and the courses that I've studied about men's brains and women's brains. I know the difference. You know, there's a great book out. I think it's called Why Men can't iron and why women can't read maps or something. I was on this training, it's called cognitive rehab therapy training. And it just, it, it helps you understand men and women from an anatomical point of view, the way the, the men's brain is is structured and the neurons and the the women's brains are structured and the neurons and all that are, are different, okay? So from my point of view, from a man's point of view, men's brain is totally different than to a woman. So I go and do courses and it's predominantly all women. And I've been asked before, why why is there not men on the course? And I says, look, from an ancestral thing, from Paleolithic times, from back in the, the dark ages, men's brains were shaped and wired for hunting, for killing, for fighting. Women's for, and I hope it please, I don't I hope I don't offend anyone. I'm just regurgitating what I've learned and what I understand. That women's were were structured word to 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 for community for birth for family for cooking and all that kind of stuff uh family community man so when things hit the fan when shit hits the fan when there's trouble men divide conquer fight go alone go into the mine kill 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 fight get the animal kill whatever fight the enemy blah 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 women when there's trouble they come together to communicate they talk about it so the words differently totally different so for now in 2022 to ask a man to come in and talk about his vulnerabilities to talk about his weaknesses talk about his his guilt anxiety his fear his shame and on top of all that he feels this pressure from society that men are not meant to be weak and men are not meant to be vulnerable and they're meant to be strong and they're meant to, you know, be able to deal with adversity. Da, 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 da. So that in itself, that in itself is really, really difficult. Really, really difficult. And it's all, all at an unconscious level. All at an unconscious level. And look, I, I've seen it myself in my own family, my own family torn to me when when things are are shit or just trouble. Like I would be seen as the strong one, but yet I was struggling, struggling inside. Like really struggling inside. But I was torn to because I was seen as the strong one. I was the man and da 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 da. You know, so that in itself is a pressure. So for a for a man then to to talk about his weakness and his vulnerability, it's really, really, really hard. You know? Um so I I know from my own experience, like working on the door in Bray. When I worked on the door in Bray, I was a doorman and I used to be absolutely petrified. Petrified, you know? 
and I never told anybody. I, I dared not tell anybody because one, it's meant to be a doorman and I was meant to help and save people if there was a fight. But like, I used to be shitting, absolutely shitting because the establishment didn't want, you know, oh, no, I don't mean to be stereotypical or anyone. They didn't want people from town. Yeah, I'm from town. Didn't want townies coming in, scumbags, wrecking the place. They didn't want anyone from the the travelling community coming in. Didn't want six foot five Polish lads, what they would call foreigners. They're only foreigners. You know, then you had the, the middle class rugby lads. So like, I was worried about all groups coming <laughs> in case it kicked off. But yeah, I was so scared inside. I couldn't even tell anyone that I was nervous and anxious and I was well out of my depth because I was perceived to be strong and hard because I talked the talk, but inside I was absolutely struggling. But here's the thing, right? What I know for sure, what I know for sure is vulnerability talking about your weakness is not weak and it's not meek and you're not less of that i think it's absolutely brave it's extremely brave and it's extremely powerful you know to be able to talk about your weakness be able to talk about your vulnerabilities talk about your anxieties your fears your self-doubts and still carry on and still get on with life is absolutely fantastic by doing the work, by me going in and dealing with my pain and turning into it, I can now sit with the dark and I can also sit with the light. I can go have deep, meaningful conversations. I can go to, I go to toy box and I go just to to uh, to train there. But the fear to go there, I can go there and and train with these lads. Where before, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking terrified of life but I can still go there and I can do that but yeah I can also talk about love kindness vulnerabilities sadness debt I can do both I can hold I can hold the dark and the light with both hands with equal measure you know and that makes me feel really really powerful and I would say the same to any man go and Learn to deal with the, the, the darkness. Learn to deal with the pain, the anxiety, the fear. Because when you start to come out of it and you're able to do both, it's incredibly powerful. I feel like a powerful, powerful, incredible leader for myself. I feel stronger that I'm able to hold the dark and the light together. Does that make sense? I was asked a brilliant question. Uh, at one of the, the workshops. I run a workshop called uh, The Three Ends, Mind, Movement and Meditation. It's a, it's a program that I teach in schools and, and colleges that I hope to inspire kids to be able to um, use their mind, movement, meditation and mindfulness to create a space between fear, anxiety, pain and trauma and love and life. And it's a really, it's a really simple concept that I have, but that's what I do. And I teach kids how to do that because we have the pain and anxiety, worry, and sometimes we can become so attached to it. But using our mind, the movement and meditation, I can show them that we can create this space and we can get on with life. Because sometimes we get so attached to our pain, our trauma, our hurt, our worries and our fears that we don't let them go. But I showed them how we can do this 
and it's it's brilliant and i'm getting great great results from it i love doing it it's brilliant one of the kids on the the program said to me what is your proudest moment when i told my story when i when i went back and i explained it all and i told him i mean what was your proudest moment and i thought wow what a what a fantastic question now i was sitting or standing thinking you know, all the education, return to education after failure and failure and la da 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 And I thought, working in the National Rehab, working with adults who required brain injury and all the qualifications. And I thought about it. Yeah, it's a fantastic question. And here's what I said. I came up with this and I said, you know what? Facing in to the darkness was my greatest achievement and was my proudest, proudest moment. Because like I said from the start, our biggest risk gives us our biggest reward. Our biggest risk gives our biggest reward. So I thought, facing into my darkness, facing into the unknown, like we talked about last week, the leap of faith. Facing into that, I think, was the proudest. It was the hardest because it, it brought me to my core. It brought me to the things that I was ashamed. It brought me into rooms that I had closed and boxed away for for ever in a day since a kid that I never wanted to talk about, never wanted to see again. But going in there really, really was the hardest thing I do. Really, some dark, dark days, some dark nights, some dark periods in my life. But by going in there, life has dramatically changed for me. I've had phenomenal su success. When I talk about success, I'm not talking about money and fame and cars and shit like that. I'm talking about things that are important to me, things that are of value to me. I've achieved everything that I've went after over the last, since 2007. I've achieved everything that I've wanted to achieve. You know, I've returned back to education. I've, I've went back. And I've achieved a degree, I've got qualifications, I've got a job in the National Rehabilitation Hospital, I've repaired and mended relationships with, with ex-partners and people that I fell out with. By going and doing the work, by going and learning about myself and realising the hurt and shame and, and becoming okay with that and accepting that and then going and apologising for my from my misgivings and the things the hurt that it caused the relationship with my own immediate family my ma i've had a difficult relationship with my ma and I've, I've done it i've done it i've done work on this before but i didn't have love for my ma growing up because my ma has said some things to me as a kid now I'm not blaming, I'm just saying that's what happened, but I know why she did it. She was trying to motivate me. She was trying to harden me up. She was trying to prepare me for the world, but she didn't know. She didn't get the, the how to do a guide of growing a ginger crazy kid that she helped create. She didn't know. She thought she was trying to was doing good by me, but she said some things that were trying to motivate me that didn't work and it hurt me. It really did. My man never told me she loved me because she was never told she was loved. I didn't know this as a kid. I just didn't feel the love I got is what I want. I got clothes and I got all these things, but I didn't feel loved. So I, by doing the work, I had the understanding, the awareness, the training, the skills to be able to go back and be able to have those conversations with my ma. And now me and my ma have a beautiful, gorgeous relationship and I love her and I can openly, 
wholeheartedly say, I love me, man, dearly. I, I accept. Or even now to this day, yeah, she irritates me like many people irritate me. Or I irritate myself. I get triggered. But now I, I see her as a as a beautiful soul. My man is lovely. That has been the reward for going in and doing the work and facing into the unknown and into myself. I have a beautiful, honest and gorgeous relationship with my mom. My dad has, has cancer now for the last uh, 10 years. Me and my dad have beautiful conversations, honest and open, and I talk about his fear, and I talk about the struggles that he's having, and, and I'm able to share with him my 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 path and my journey and my fears and my understanding of the world and he benefits from that and he said to me he says matter he said i'm so grateful that you've done the work you've helped us heal and like i was like wow that's absolutely phenomenal that it's incredible you say that so there great rewards my mom and dad having these beautiful conversations my kids i am more present with my kids i'm more loving we went to a panther there the other night uh, in the Axe in Ballymoon, uh, Aladdin's Aladdin was caught. It was phenomenal. Right now, working my two kids, they're with me on a Saturday, work on a stall in the Liberty Market. They're with me. And my daughter, Shauna, said to me, We're on our staff night out. Staff night out? I can count on one hand in the 12 years of work in the National Rehabilitation Hospital that I went on staff nights out. Now I'm having them weekly with me, with me girls, because Shauna has her sweet stall beside mine. And me comes on a Saturday and helps us out. I have so much love. I'm so much connection with me kids. And that's the reward from, from doing the work. You know, is help me create honesty and transparency in my life. As Jeff Thompson says, my mentor, you know, there's many, many rooms in the castle of consciousness. And by doing the work and being honest and open I'm able to go into these rooms like I says to you facing into the darkness facing into the unknown by doing the work and by doing that I'm creating honesty and transparency in my life and people always thank me oh thanks for being so honest thanks for being so uh, transparent and, and sharing your vulnerability I'm not doing this for anyone else I'm doing it for me because I've went through life blind and unconscious and not knowing that so much richness was out there then everyone just ultra honest and transparent because it's good for me and it helps me on my path so look i'll wrap it back up but again coming back around and i'm going to ask you the question are you willing to face into the darkness i'm not talking about your trauma now just into the unknown being alone with your thoughts being without the behaviors and the habits and i mean You'd have to do this gently if you're a drinker and taking drugs and a, a, an addict, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying to give it all up. But are you willing to start turning in? Are you willing to stop working out and start working in, as my mentor Jeff Thompson says? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to face into the darkness? Because as I said, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. I'm absolutely delighted I've done the work. And if I can help you in any way, please, please send me a message. And I can I try share with you my my learnings and my uh, understanding of things, you know. So there you go. Are you willing to face the darkness? Are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to take the leap of faith? It's all uh, all lining up. So look, that leaves me to say, thanks very much. Thanks for all the the courage, the encouragement, all the support from all our listeners. I really really appreciate. 
thanks to my sponsor Noel Royley from Rooney Media Graphics and the Liberties Media Hub L-I-B-E-R-T-I-E-S-E correct me and said I got it wrong again last week Liberties Media Hub uh, the girls from Shannon's Hope Line, the Soup Kitchen, Fran, you're an absolute legend. To all the people at Mead Street and the Liberties, thanks so much. The love I get from the Liberties is unbelievable. Yup, Oliver Bond Celtic, don't forget the 1st of May, they have a game on up in Richmond Park. Yup, the Pats. Please, please, please share this with family and friends. We have a YouTube channel, subscribe to that. I've also got a Patreon page. If you'd like to send me over the price of a cup of coffee, that would be fantastic. If you don't have that, you can listen and watch the stuff I do here on the podcast or on my social media channel for free 99. Please, 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 if you have any time, go over onto Google and give us an L review or on iTunes, give us a review. I'd really, really appreciate it. Last but not least, if you have any time, please come on down to the Liberty Market, Dublin 8, Dublin's oldest market. It's an absolutely phenomenal market. I have a, a stall there sell all holistic products, incense and crystals and candles and other smelly shit, as my daughter used to say. It's a great, great market. There's so many brilliant people in it. So look, there you go. Thanks, thanks, thanks. As always, mind your little self. You up the flats, you up the podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. 